Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have a special feature. This feature is about a man named Brian. Brian was a father, a son, a veteran, and a man with a story. Today's episode will feature his mother telling his story through his voice as his voice is now silenced. This episode is dedicated to those veterans, those individuals suffering from PTSD, mental illness, and other ailments. Our voices should never be silenced. Everyone's voice should be raised. And today, we raise Brian's voice. And we also do this on his birthday. Please listen to Brian's story. Hi, my name is Deborah Tyree, and the journey is about my son, Brian Zachary Rostell. He was born on, on December 14th, 1986. He was a beautiful baby. He came into the world 36 hours later, and he was a little boy. And, um, he was just very passionate, very loving. And then one day, he came with his sisters upstairs. I lived in a townhouse. We're on a naval base. And he was playing upstairs with his sisters. And they were playing house. And he climbed up on the rocking horse, his little rocking horse, to take a shower. And he fell through the screen and fell out of the window 16 feet onto the ground. Now, mind you, I was in the laundry room. I didn't hear all this. I was right there in the laundry room. And my little Christina came down and she said, Mama, something fell, something fell out of the window. And I said, well, you guys, are, are you throwing toys? And she said, no, Mama, it's Brian, it's Bubba. And all of a sudden, I remember running out of the front door of the screen, slow-mo, and seeing him rolling on the ground. I saw him hit, and I saw him. That day changed all of us. That day changed his life. That is the beginning of his journey. So, yeah, they met him. The helicopter came in, picked him up. We couldn't ride with him. And I remember driving that 90 miles to the big, huge children's hospital in Seattle. And just it just flashed in my head all about him, that short time we had him. He was 18 months when he fell. And we went to the hospital, and they had him in the trauma room, and they wouldn't let us see him. And all of a sudden, they came out and told me it was bad. They told me that he, uh, he fractured his fontanel lobe in the front of his head. And if anybody knows about medical about that, it's the... Uh, it's of judgment and impulse reactions. It is the most important part of your brain. 
and it was it was damaged and he was in the hospital for two weeks for the grace of god he made it and i remember bringing him home with a helmet and he had to be on seizure medicine and uh we didn't see any different change in him at that time in his life he just grew up and and then he uh started uh school and in school he started having issues of sitting still so i was told to take him to a specialist and that's when he was diagnosed with the attention disorder and uh so he had to be on medication they put him on ritalin if anybody knows what ritalin is, is that drug that you don't want to give your children um i didn't know it at the time that it was a terrible drug for kids and uh we dealt with his nightmares and uh, his sleep deprived he he couldn't sleep like normal children and uh so that went on until his teenage years and then we started seeing a different in, difference in him um he was very very smart but his brain was damaged and uh there's only certain parts that his brain would work and uh his impulse behavior took over and he couldn't stay in school he couldn't handle it he uh could not deal with authority figures or people uh you know just people in general he did not like people he had a very bad temper he fused up whenever he was uh, anybody cornered him um I remember him going in and out of institutions since the time he was 14. We tried helping him, therapy, you name it. He was on medication, um, he, but he, he uh, always went to the people that uh, were not really good for him because he was a loner. He was always isolated. He didn't make friends like we did he isolated he was just a loner and the people that he did make to fit in were not healthy people so that was the circle of his teenage and then um many times in that time of his life he tried to commit suicide um he was very unhappy he he drew pictures that were just sad sad he was an artist and um he was just a very unhappy young man and uh when he became an adult everything changed for him he um he still hung around with people that weren't healthy but he started uh he wanted to make something out of himself he didn't want to be a dropout he went back to uh got his GED after he got kicked out of school he got his GED we are very proud of him and uh, when he turned 18 he got in some trouble and ended up being in jail for a short time and then when he got out and came home things changed for him I guess he realized that he wanted to be an adult finally and do things that were right in his life and uh he met a beautiful young lady he fell in love with her he met her at starbucks i remember him coming home and telling me about her and uh 
they were wild, both of them. And uh, they got married. And then uh, she got pregnant with, uh, with Ashton Edward. And everything changed for Brian. He needed to be, he had to step up and be an adult and take care of a family. So he was really proud of his siblings because they were in the military and his stepfather was in the military and he wanted to do something to make everybody proud of him. And uh, it took him a long time, guys. It took him two years to get into the army. He jumped every hoop to get into the army and he made it. He made it in the army. He made it through boot camp. We went and saw him graduate. He was so proud of himself. We were so proud of him. You know, his wife, you know, he was a daddy. You know, his sisters were proud of him. All of us were just so proud of him that he made that accomplishment. And here again, he had that head injury, you know, and he did it. He did it. And uh, he stayed in the military for uh, two years. He was stationed at Fort Benning. And they had a cute little house, a car. He had a paycheck every month. You know, he was in the military. His family was being taken care of. Um, he was a sea burner. That is the MO, what he picked. And um, he loved it. But then all of a sudden, that ugly, ugly, disease reared its ugly head at him and um he started spiraling and um he started hallucinating and he started uh getting paranoid and uh he just started not being brian and um the military told me had to you know get out they were his babysitter that he had to get out of the military and um so because of his disease before he was even diagnosed. Um, Katrina left with the baby. He was four because Brian wasn't healthy. He wasn't healthy for the family. Um, she had to move back home with her folks because Brian was, um, he just was, he just would snap, you know, at anything. And he just wasn't healthy around his child. It's not that he didn't love his son. It's just he didn't know what was going on with himself. And that's when the demons started appearing. And he uh, spiraled. He had a crazy, uh, after he got out, he came and lived with us. He couldn't handle, I couldn't handle him being here. He wasn't healthy, wasn't safe for me. So he had to move away. And so he just bounced and bounced and bounced from one place to another trying to fit in and uh the last time i saw him was when he came to montana he lived with me for a while and then he went to montana and found me and his stepdad and he moved there now mind you he wasn't diagnosed yet everybody he was still spiraling he was still in that disease. He was still trying to medicate himself. If anybody understands, he had an issue. He was trying to fight those demons every day. 
He was trying to fit in wherever he could fit in in society. And he just couldn't. He, he was a beautiful animal lover. He would bring critters home. Oh gosh, all, all kinds when he was a kid. And so he loved animals. He just didn't do well with people. He just, again, he was a loner. And um, so I remember him meeting me for uh, pancakes and I bought him breakfast and we talked. He said, Mama, I'm moving to Wisconsin. I said, why are you going to Wisconsin? He says, well, I met a girl on Facebook and, you know, I think it'll work and I'm going to go out there. So 2014, I gave my son a kiss. I hugged him and he went on his journey. Now, mind you, Brian would go on journeys all the time. It's like he would just take off and we would uh, not see him for days. But he went to Wisconsin, met the young lady, um, didn't work out, then he bounced, and then he met another young lady that he could relate to because of his mental being. And uh, he started going to the VA hospital because he just couldn't handle these demons and the feelings he was having and, and you know, the paranoia, the, you know, the schizophrenic, the voices in his head, you know, the personality changes. So he got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Now it's not from the military, from war. This is from what happened to him when he was 18 months old. And so Brian battled with those demons. He uh, ended up living in a hotel uh, by the river. And I remember the phone call I got. He said, hi, mom. I said, hi, how are you? How's everything going? He says, oh, it's good. It's good. And I said, well, I said, uh, you got your appointment set up with your therapist? He says, oh, yeah, that's this week. And I said, well, where's Crystal? Where's your girlfriend? He goes, oh, she's at work. Oh, and I said, okay. And I said, you want to talk about anything? He said, no. And I said, okay. I said, I love you. And he said, I love you, mom. Guys, that was the last time I heard that son, my boy. Excuse me. He took a walk that night with his service dog to the river and he took his life. Now mind you, when we got the phone call that he was missing, I didn't want to believe this, you know. I thought, okay, he's on his, he's probably somewhere having coffee, you know. And uh, he, um, He was gone, and, and I remember getting the phone call, and I got on an airplane, and I went and searched with the search people. For four days, I searched for this boy with everybody else, and uh, I remember being in the kayak, and I've never been a kayak in my entire life, and I was in that kayak with a, with a retired vet, and we were searching, 
and I got a phone call from the detective and it was the advocate too and they said you got to come in and I said oh I thought they were going to call the the uh the rescue thingy the looking for him off because the weather's been kind of weird and uh I went into shore and I saw the detective the advocate and the vet and they all circled around me and he said we throw Brian and I said, oh, you felt Brian. He said, yeah. He said, two bird watchers, retired bird watchers found him. And that day was the most terrible day for all of us because he was gone. And he just, you know, and it's like, it's a blur to me. It happened two years ago in September 4th, 2016. He's gone. Now, mind you, I didn't want to believe it. We went to the police department and they said we have to identify him with his tattoos. And I remember all his tattoos. He had a special in his chest that he did, he made. And it was a heart with a dagger and stitches and he made that and they had that on his chest and i know no one else had one and so all the tattoos on him were unique you know and uh i knew it was brian and then everything got crazy family flew in we took care of him got him cremated i brought him home but let me tell you something. When Brian took his life, it opened a whole thing for vets out there because it opened investigation and opened up for people there that, that uh, battle post-traumatic stress disorder and suicide. So I believe that Brian helped even though he wasn't here. And I just tell everybody, if you have a family member that's dealing with this, be there for them because um, you can lose them very quickly. So thank you so much for me sharing his story and for me being his voice because he was a compassionate and loving boy and a man that cared so much for family. Thank you. I want to thank you for having the courage to share his voice because, you know, um, there's a lot going on right now. Um, there's a lot of suicide and, you know, there's a lot of mental illness and people don't want to talk about it. No. And, you know, even family members don't want to face it or say it out loud, but oftentimes it's too late when people are ready to, to, to deal. But what I want you to shed light on is the fact that it is okay to have a label of whatever it is, whether it's schizophrenia, PTSD, anxiety, depression, because the label is what allows us to make the provisions to heal. But once they're gone, it's a scar and it's this memory and it's this, what could we have done differently? And it's, 
it's leaving the legacy and talking about it rather than being able to 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 deal with it differently we tried institutes we tried medication from the time he was you know old enough and uh tried counseling um i believe and this is what i totally believe is god put this all in place that he was going to leave us and we couldn't stop it because if you look at it i could be selfish but you know what he was hurting he was he was hurting he was miserable he couldn't make it on earth like we can and he, you was, know, diff he was different what do you think could have helped um him or your family looking back we talked about that we talked about that we could have been there more but we were there we were there all the time and and even i even talked to my doctor and she said you couldn't have saved him mm -hmm. i could have lived right there in the same household with him and he would have took his life he already decided that day that he was going to leave us he went to church that morning he said a prayer for my son to go into church and pray that's pretty intense you know and uh he had it all in place everything in place for him to leave us it's interesting how 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 you see that and how as a mother you know your child you know, and it, it just goes to show that people think that money can make you happy. You know, you look at the celebrities, the Robin Williams, you know, the Anthony Bourdain, and I just want people to hear from you um, what, you know, what somebody like that or a family like that sees or feels because, you know, a lot of people are just, you know, they see these, these things in the news and then they say, well, I'm glad it's not me or my child. And it's interesting that you're on today because um, yesterday a nine-year-old child, you're you're in the same area as me, killed herself. And you know this is this is something that I really want to shed light on because this is our reality, and we have to be intentional and we have to be present and we have to stop ignoring things. Um, and and we lost a 10 year old last year. He hung himself. I just, the pain is real. Oh yeah. I, I, I asked God, I said, God, I said, when is it going to stop? You know, when is it going to stop? The pain that, that, that we walk through with that and losing a child is, I don't even know how to tell you. It's like my heart was ripped out. I mean, I have my other children. Oh, I love them with all my heart. But when you lose a child, it's it's that connected. It's the it's broken open, and, and you know the umbilical cord is gone, and nobody understands that unless that happens to them. You know, you're a parent. Yes, I can't imagine, and that's why when I talk to you, I always think about it because. One of my children is, is suffering. She has depression. And um, as a therapist, it's something that I, I mean, I've battled with it most of my life. 
I don't play around with it. And that's why I, I talk about it. And that's why I want other people to share their voice because, you know, I want people to know what, what the faces look like, you know, because there is no look. It, it affects everybody, anxiety, depression, PTSD. And, and one of the things that annoys me the most is that most people think PTSD only comes from the military. And I'm no. here to tell everybody, no, it doesn't. And so the other question I had to you was, what diagnosis was Brian given throughout his life? Oh, uh, attention disorder, sleep disorder. It was never diagnosed until he went to the VA and he was an adult. So he battled all this. Of course, he had drug addiction, but the only reason he was on the drugs is to, to numb, yep. numb the pain mm -hmm. that he was going through. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm recovered addict and, and, and just to see him walk through this, it was very painful for each family member because we couldn't help him. Mm -hmm. All we could do is be there and love him mm -hmm. regardless of what he did, what kind of behavior he did. Yeah. And being a parent, that's rough. And then when he took his life, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would have to take care, of my, take care of my son and, and get him cremated and take his ashes to the ocean. Never in my wildest dreams, any of my children. And, and that woman yesterday, I know what she's walking through. I know. And that, that kind of messed me up because I have a child that age. So, um, you know, and a lot of my communication, communication, communication. And you know what? I, um, I've been to the school three times this year already. One of my children's schools because they've ignored the bullying and they've ignored my child crying and they've ignored it. And I don't do ignore very well because I was a victim. And so I don't take to that very easily. And now that's why I scream, shout, yell, podcast, publication, because Absolutely. the reality of it is, is our voices should never be silenced. Never. No, and we never. should voice for that little girl. That little girl, you know, she was in pain. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, nothing like that. It's what they emotionally walk through. Yep. And the sad thing is she asked for help. Bubby did too. Brian asked for help at the VA and they turned their back on him. And then he killed himself. And I want everybody to be aware of that. That was at the VA that my son asked for help. We lost a, a veteran the other day. He killed himself at the VA because they wouldn't help him. Tell me when's it going to stop? I don't know because I started my mission because my mother has been dealing with the VA for 30 years and the same thing. I've been there. I've seen it. I have seen it for 30 years. And I, that's why when I met you, I said, hey, this, this has to be known because, you know, a lot of people think that you get special treatment as a veteran. And I'm here to tell you, my mother was homeless for two years and living out of her car. And, and, you know, whether it's an addict, a veteran, a homeless person, it doesn't matter. Life has value. And, you know, I look at these diagnoses that are just thrown out there. They're just thrown. And I look at people who see an addict, 
but they don't know that it's a mother, a father, a veteran, right. uh, you know, a soldier. Um, these people are going through seasons of their lives that are changing. You know, they may have, um, they may have, what do you call it? Um, I just had it in my head. What's it called when your children get grown? Empty nest. You got empty people that are retiring. You have people that have empty nest syndrome. A lot of people don't know a lot of alcoholics start around 47, 50, 60 years old because they've hit a different season. This is not people that are just on the street with the heroin. This affects everybody because it is pain. Well, you know, when I was searching for Brian, I went into the shelter, the Salvation Army, and there were, and it broke my heart, there was vets there that did six tours that were shunned, and now they live homeless. You tell me, how can our men and women go over there, fight for our country, put their lives on the line, and come back and get shunned. And then they got post-traumatic stress disorder for killing all those people over there. Tell me, it doesn't matter if it's bullying, drug addiction, mental illness comes in all forms. And I get really angry because it took my son. So you tell me. What, the, what are they going to do for us? What? It's, I'm so passionate with this. I want to go out there and shout to the world. Because everybody needs to be heard. Yep. And this is from my heart. I just want to thank you for being here and having the courage to share a story and, and not just his story, but the story of many, you know, and I'm glad that you decided that your son's life was worth more than just, you know, him on a shelf and, and nothing else, but to make awareness, you know, raise awareness to the fact that, you know, every life matters and that PTSD is serious. Bullying. Um, bullying is serious yes 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 it, it, we, we have to fight for these guys because they don't have a voice the ones that are dead now we have to fight for them so yeah. we don't have others that go behind them that's right we've got to stop and that's these. why i did this i want to go out there and i want to be the voice for the ones that left us already that's and right. that's why I came on. Well, I just want to say thank you and Brian, rest in peace and happy birthday. Yeah, he would have been 31. So we are going to launch this on his birthday. So happy birthday, Brian. Thank you so much, girl. And, and, and I appreciate this. And we need to get together so we can set me up to go to schools. Oh, we will definitely. Believe me, this is just the beginning. Um, listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Your Voice, Your Power. Debbie, you have any last words for the listeners? Everybody, just be aware and be a voice for someone that cannot speak. Amen. Amen. All right. This is Anika Wilson. Have a powerful day. Thank you for listening to Brian's story. I want people to understand that suicide is serious.
Pain is real. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. In 2017, 47,173 Americans died by suicide. In 2017, there were an estimated 1,300,000 suicide attempts. This is a real deal. I want everyone to understand that the conversation needs to be had in your family, in your community, in your business, and in your life. Every life matters. Please reach out. If you have a family member, if you have a loved one, if you have a neighbor or a friend that is suffering, please find help. Every threat, every thought, and every cry is real. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Your Voice, Your Power. Please stay powerful.